Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's Boucher. The three. Another episode of Hustle Play is in the building. What up, CB? Talk to you, bro. How you doing, man? You As you can, hey, I'm very good, man. You? I'm good. I'm good. As you can see, we got a special guest in the building, former Raptor, current NBA analyst for Sportsnet, Alvin Boogie Williams. Yeah, yeah. What's up? Thanks What's going on, me. bro? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks good, for having me. Good Happy to, see to be you. here with y'all. You're looking good, my man. Am I? You're still hitting the gym. I had a, a hair and there, hair and there. You're or the gym no, hit me. You still playing ball? No. Nah. nah, hurts no, too much. Hurts nah, too much. Nah, hurts man. everything too much. Well, the pride, listen, the ego. Can't <laughs> get out there, do nothing no more. Well, listen, brother, thank you for taking the time to join Hustle Play. CB, what's going on with you, man? Not much, man. Um, you know, trying to win some games. Um, trying to stay in so we can, you know, make a run to the playoff and... Obviously, um, you know, taking care of my family, having fun with my friends, um, you know, enjoying life, man. You know, obviously, we're blessed people to to be living the life that we're living. So, yeah, it's been cool. Life is good, man. And and I hear it's been an up and down season, but you guys are still in a spot to get into the playoffs. What's the mood like? What's the spirit like with the team right now? I mean, I think it's a lot better than it was. Uh, obviously, um, I think the last podcast we were talking about, you know, how. It's been a bad season and all. I think we've did some progress, played some great basketball. Um, obviously, we still got a lot of things to tweak and to get better at. But I think um, you know when you see it's starting to get together. Obviously, uh, we had a hard loss against Milwaukee, but I think we played hard that game. Um, you know, obviously after the road trip, we won a couple of games. We were like seven, I think, in a row at home. Um, so, I mean, obviously it's not the season that we all wanted, but we are definitely you know trying to make it better than what it was before. So, uh, Alvin, I'll put it, we've had, you know, Rico Hines, assistant coach. We've had a couple of your teammates here and there come on the podcast. We never had an analyst, former player. All right. So I'm very interested in hearing your perspective here. Now, first of all, what has been your analysis thus far this season with this team? Man, I, see, it's hard, right, when, when you don't know the all the ins and outs. You're not at practice. You're not in a locker room. So it's hard to give. And under being a former player, you understand all the dynamics that make things click and why things don't click. So it's hard to really give a pure, true analysis when you're just not in the mix. But pretty much up and down season, 
um, definitely didn't reach expectations, you know, but the best thing is they still got a chance. But I think the biggest thing is everybody's still coming together. A lot of injuries, that's always a part of it. But a lot of things happen through the course of a season that we outside, we're not privy to. Conversation, emotions, uh, energy, the negativity that can come in the locker room, all that stuff. All that stuff is real. It's real. It's a real dynamic that can make a team go up and down. And everybody say winning, winning, mask, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, you still – it's that brotherhood or it's that dynamic in the locker room that's – you're going to see the product come out on the floor. And you definitely know if something's off. Like, you, I can watch and say early on, something's off with that team. It's a disconnect with that team. Don't know what it is. Don't know where it's coming from. But it's a disconnect. Because all in the past, you always seen the Raptors, they always – no matter what, they always play hard. They played together, they, and it was just a little off. But um, they still got a chance. And I still believe, man, from the talent, top to bottom, all the way through, they got a chance. So if they pull it together and stay injury-free from now on, they still got a chance to be very dangerous, I think. But it's all going to be on the team. With that being said, Chris, can you, can you feel when there's a disconnect, like even if it's not being spoken about <laughs> in that locker room? I mean, it's not that hard, obviously. Um, you know, I've been with the Raptors for, like, five, six years now, and, like, you could tell when you go to practice or whatever, like, you know, the energy or whatever, so, um, somebody's going through it. And, I mean, it's like a domino effect, obviously, when your leaders or whatever are going through it. Obviously, Fred had, you know, some issues and all before. Um, but, like, it goes down the line. And, um, I mean, clearly, you know, there was a disconnect for sure. Um, it could be many, many reasons, you know, obviously. Um, and I, I didn't have a problem with any, uh, any of you know, thing that happened in my life or basketball. So, um, you know, for me, I was just going there like I do every time, do my work. But I'm sure that, um, you know, with the coaches or with the players, or I mean, obviously the energy of the team is up and down. When we win, we're sky high, and when we lose, obviously, you know, surprisingly, we weren't down that down on each other. But you could see that the energy wasn't the same. Alvin, do you think all good teams have to have some type of identity? I mean, they do. They got. They do have an identity. Um, whatever it is, a lot of times it's uh, good teams. A lot of times it's togetherness, or they look like they're together. Sometimes it's it's, it's a veteran team. It's a lot of things. Like the whole cliche is like a vet, uh, identity or or culture and all that. At the end of the day, you got a lot of young men coming together from different walks of life, different agendas, different things, and trying to put that into one to win. Like, it's not always everybody all together. It's not everything's all good all the time. You got to build. That's why the good teams can get through those moments. You got to have good players. You got to have good coaches. You got to have luck. You got to have a lot of things. But it's not just the identity. But the identity, it flourishes you know what I mean, with certain teams, and usually those are the better teams. And you look around the league, right, you could see certain teams, they have a high-powered offense. Um, they got some teams can have a crazy defense. Like, what is the, the identity of this team for the Raptors? Um, <clears throat> I think we're still searching, obviously. Um, you know, we still got, you know, to try to win the heart of champions and go there and work hard, you know, disrupt teams and 
you know, trying to beat them offensive rebound, get more position in them. Like we, we, you know, the identity is still the same. It's just like I said, you get moments sometimes that we don't have the same energy while we do it. You know, we'll give you good two, three good quarters, and then just give you one flat quarter. And you know, in the NBA, you can see there's a lot of talent. Guys going to fifty points scoring, you know, stuff <laughs> like that, and. That one quarter could kill you. You know what I'm saying? You could literally be up ten, and then on three minutes they did a ten zero run, and then they do another ten zero run. Now it's twenty to five. You're down fifteen. You can't do nothing about it. You know what I'm saying? And obviously, um, we've done that to team too. You know, obviously, that that just shows you that any team could, you know, come in and and bust your ass if they wanted to. But um, obviously, you know, we have some young guys. We got some vets, and we're still trying to figure out how to mix it all together. Um, you can see, like I said, you some games we show up and you could be like, this team is special. We have so many talent, we got leaders, and sometimes we just, you know, it seems like we're kind of still figuring out what we want to do. And sometimes it, it costs us. It costs us games, it costs us quarters. Um, so obviously um, something we're still working on. So that energy, right? And Alvin, you know, you've been there before, right? How do you find that type of consistency? I mean, to make sure you try to bring it every night. It's on. It's on your team. It's on. It's on the team. It's on the leadership. It's on how they receive the coach's word. But take for instance, take take Chris. Like it ain't never a game where you don't see his energy, right? Oh, yeah. It ain't never. I don't care how the game is go. I don't care if he didn't play, didn't play. You the energy never changed, right? That never changed. So and it is, if I'm a coach. If I'm a fan, if I'm anything, you always want to come to the game. You always want to go into a game knowing what you're going to get from your players. So when you have players like Chris, and you have players that have that energy, right, the shot ain't always going to go in. It's, you're going to be matched up against somebody. He's going to get it rolling. He might light you up. Like, that, that'll happen. But when you have players that don't come in with that same energy and that same focus and that same thing that this is how I'm going to be and this is what I'm going to give to this team – every single night, that's when you got problems, right? That's when you got problems. So you look for those players that's going to bring you that energy first and foremost. I don't care about nothing else. Now we're going to get into details. Now we're going to get into skill set. Now, we, But that energy and that approach every night, it has to be there. And it's just like Chris said, if you don't come with that, you might get ran out the gym against the, uh, the Orlando Magic or the Detroit Pistons or the Charlotte Hornets. You might get ran out the gym because that can happen at any time. And I want to stick with you right here quickly, Alvin, before we go to Chris. But it's funny because we're talking about the Raptors having an up-and-down season. But when you listen to all these different shows, right, when they talk about that play-in scenario, they say when you look at these teams high up in the seating, whether it be a Philadelphia or Milwaukee, they always say the one team you probably don't want to see down at the bottom, if you can try to avoid, are the Raptors, right? Mm -hmm. Give me your perspective on that. You no, know, it's facts because once again, even you look last year when the Raptors went with the whole same size, length, athleticism, running around, like all those things, teams don't want to play that. They don't want to meet that force, that energy every day. So when you talk about our identity, Raptors, physicality, everybody can guard. They play hard. They play multiple positions. There's multiple players. They got the same type of skill. Whatever the case, that's an identity. People really don't like that. And once again, talking about Chris, when you talk around the NBA and you talk to scouts, you talk to coaches, they don't want to play against guys like Chris. They don't, want, they don't know how to prepare for that. It ain't a person, it ain't a game plan to prepare for 
offensive rebounding, running the floor, getting out and pass. There's no can't say double that. We're gonna send this over there. We're gonna hedge on that. We're gonna drop on like it ain't none of that. You gotta come all out and match that. If you don't, you're gonna kill us. So coaches hate that. So that's how somebody like Chris is so valuable. Not somebody, Chris is so valuable to the team. That aspect of it, right? It's not, of course, you got Fred, you got those guys, but that role, when you talk about when you got to play against a team like that, if it's a Milwaukee, if it's a Boston, I don't care what it looks like, they know what they're up against because of what's coming every night. And until the Raptors get that consistent from everybody across the board, that consistent type of energy and that consistent type of flow and effort, that's what good struggle is going to be for the Raptors. How do you feel about it, Chris, when you hear oh, that? For you sure. I mean, obviously, like, you mean, like, you know, we, the schemes are there. The defensive schemes are there. You know, the we every team got, you know, they're a star, a superstar, a shooter, rebounder, passer, whatever. Everybody got it on every team, you know. But, like, it's how you put it together. You know, it's how you how you use it at your advantage. Obviously, some, some games you don't have the shooting. You know, you got to go to somewhere or something else. Obviously, some days I might not be able to shoot, but Gary might be lights out. You know what I'm saying? And it's all about, like, kind of finding who has the high hand and just sticking behind it together and just, you know, go out there and play it together. Obviously, we there's a bunch of games that, like, I look at the clip and I'm like, this if we play like this, we would win, like, 50 over games. You know, just that easy. Like, we'd literally be done in the second quarter. But then we'll play two great circuit quarter and third quarter just either come out flat or fourth quarter, you know, obviously letting them run and we never come back. Like obviously like I've that's the most thing I've seen now is how like the Raptors or the comeback kings trying to be do comebacks at the end is but like obviously because we start playing hard when it's when it's almost over, you know, and um it's been costing us game. It hasn't worked. You know, obviously we, it's not like we've won, we've Never came back that much from a full quarter, and I think, like I said, we've we we practice every day, we work on it every day. Guys are putting the work, you know, like, and I'm talking top to bottom, like everybody's putting the work, everybody's trying to get better. I think, as like I said, we're still trying to figure it out what identity we have, we we want to have, and who we are, and obviously it's a team thing, so we all gotta you know look at ourselves in a mirror and figure out ways to get better because obviously it's not working the way we're doing things right now. Well, like Alvin mentioned, there's still time. A little bit, of, little bit of time. A little bit of time. Very <laughs> little, little bit. bit of time. There's also a little bit of time to figure out who's going to be the MVP this season. So let's transition and go in that direction. Now, we're talking a little bit about Joel Embiid. We're talking about Jokic. You mentioned Giannis. Alvin, I'll go to you here first. In your eyes, who do you see as the MVP of the NBA this season? Man, it don't matter what I think. You should talk to the man who's playing. Oh, if, we're gonna get I mean? to him. But no, I, you know, I don't, I don't really feel the MVP conversation, because for me, they put the narrative out there so early, right? They got the first week, the first month of the season, they start talking about MVP candidates, right? It was, it was the Joker, it was Embiid, Giannis, Luca, Ja, and then like, what about? It's a lot of other people like that could be viable to their team, or whatever. But for me, it's a two-way player. Somebody impacts the game on the offensive side and the defensive side. So, for now, I look at I look at somebody like a Embiid, who hasn't missed as many games as Giannis. Yeah, Joker's he's he's very very good, but I think it's a two way player. Somebody impacts the game both ways. So Joker, uh, Giannis, or uh, Embiid Embiid with the front runner being the front runner.
CB, let me know your opinion because you get a taste of all these guys. Sure has. For sure giving it to Joel. <laughs> I mean, I feel like um, for like years, he's, you know, he had plenty of time where he should have been or could have been. Um, I think this year, obviously, the record um, is impacting their team a lot, obviously, yeah. on offense and on defense. Um, you know, for somebody, they say that he ain't playing a lot of games, all that he's playing most of the game this year, even the backs-to-backs. Um, change that, you know, make they, their culture seems to be, you know, he seems to want it a little bit more. And, um, you know, you got to give him some credit somewhere, obviously. Um to all these years and all the stuff that he's doing, trust the progress. I feel like he's trusted enough to, to get it this time, especially with what he's doing. Um, he's really a talented person. Just, you know, the way that he plays the game, he seems to have his own pace now. But, you know, he has James Harden and the team, Maxis and all that, and he seems to all, you know, kind of plug it in for everybody. So, you know, I, I would give it to him. Now, Alvin, we see a lot when we're watching ESPN and we see guys like J.J. Redick and Kendrick Perkins arguing over this stuff. But when I when you look at the MVP race, how much do you factor in analytics? Because they go really far when it comes to analytics. They use it to discuss pretty much everything, and they go really in depth, right? So, how much do you consider that more than the eye test, right? Like a lot of people, they look at Jokic, they see all the triple doubles he's having, but then the other argument when you're looking at Embiid is the way that he plays defense and just using your eye test watching the game. How do you? Who votes for the MVP? I don't know. A bunch of people in the media. So how you answer? The only way you're going to argue your point is through analytics because they're not in there every day. They're not guarding them. They're not seeing the impact of how they impact the game. They're not, they don't know that. So you can see, you can see the stats, you can see all that. So that's my, oh, he averaged 31 and 13. He averaged the most. Uh, the most clutch points in the end of the last game, whatever, all those things which help their argument. But like I said, it's a lot of players that could be up for that running, right? I remember when Russell Westbrook got MVP the year he averaged a triple-double, right? And their team was fifth in the in the West. They averaged a triple-double the next year. He didn't come close to getting MVP, right? So how, how do you equate that? And you hear a lot of times people talk about the goalpost moves. The team is not winning. The team is winning. The stats, leading scores. So I just – those people are the people that vote on it. They have to use analytics to, to support their argument. Chris, are you kind of confused by the criteria of how you – I don't like I seriously don't care, bro. Like, I really don't care. Like, I've, I've – and when I – until I play you or I watch – obviously, we watch game. Like, if I see it – like, I play you and you, you were really good – and you impacted the game, and then I watched five of the game, and you're still doing it. I couldn't care less what you, you know, what Parkins is saying, or like obviously, <laughs> like you know, it's all nice, but you guys are just watching the game from the outside. Obviously, like you know, what I'm saying like I, that's a perfect example I'd give you. Tad does so much on the team right now, just by keeping us together, by talking, like being a great leader. But you don't get, he don't get no credit for that, right? It's the same thing about that best player that you see. You don't know what what he does to his team. Maybe they don't like to play with him. You don't know that stuff. But to me, MVP should be like you're the most valuable player on your team everywhere and everything. We need you for everything. If you can't do all of that, it's cool to score 30 points a game. But, like, are you helping us on defense? Are you giving us 30 but you're causing us 30? 
You know, at the end of the <laughs> day, like if that's the case, then you're not doing anything. You know what I'm saying? And that's the reason why you, when another legs, when I watch that, I just feel like they just hop on whatever they like and what, because the criteria is never the same. Every year is different. Today is because you, you average a triple double, like you said about Joe Kids, right? Next year, if Joel Embiid is in triple double, they might give it to Jason Tatum because he's first seed and they won sixty game. Like, who knows? You get what I'm saying? So, at this point, I just don't listen about it. Whoever wins it, I'm happy for them, but <laughs> it's whatever. And those things that you see on ESPN, e hot takes. Yeah. That's something to have a conversation. It's something to start a debate. Mm-hmm. And it's people that that's not at practice half the day and with their family the other half and getting their body rested is for us to watch it on TV because we just chilling. We ain't, we ain't got no time. That's what it is. So they figured that. They figured they're laying out of that market. But at the end of the day, like Chris said, it really – it's no blueprint. There's no – it's no – it's nothing there that say this is why this person is an MVP, for real, for real. You know, I heard Damian Lillard um, on a podcast and he was talking about how he doesn't necessarily like – what the NBA is is becoming, right? Like, it's not about the journey anymore, he was saying. It's more about this guy has a championship, so he's looked at one way compared to a guy who doesn't, right? What's, what's your take on that, Chris? I mean, obviously, he's been in the league for so long, so he's seen the change. Obviously, you can ask somebody like him, he's, he's going to see the change. Obviously, he doesn't need to play right now to see that the NBA changed, like, physicality or whatever you know obviously like when i talk to tad big cat and these guys the league that they tell me that <laughs> they were playing it it's not what it is now at all it's not even close obviously but um a lot of things change obviously i think the game got faster and all that but um some people used to be just able to be in they were happy to be in a team and just be a rebounder they were happy to be in a team and just be a facilitator or whatever like people were sticking their role and they were just happy to be in the league and do it now, it's kind of hard now to find somebody that just want to do their job, you know, obviously. And I think it changed a lot of stuff where you get criticized for not having a championship, for example, because it's like you're not a winner. Well, I'm still one of the greatest players out here. You know what I'm saying? So it's not about the journey anymore. It's really about winning a championship or winning MVP and everybody just chasing, chasing, chasing and not realizing that just being in the NBA and be like one of the top 20 players is a lot already. From a guy like Westbrook, another perfect example. He was a triple-double master. Now look how he's talking to media. Like, people seem to forget a lot and <laughs> quick. Mm-hmm. And that's why the NBA is not the same anymore. It's because, like, now you can't even bring an all of famer to to a camp without kids being like who you are. Like, dude, he's all of famer Respect, and that's it. Not because he's not in the league anymore. You know what I'm saying? And everything changed from that perspective. And it's obviously it's a generation thing. But it's starting to affect guys like Damian Lillard who feel like they did. They put a lot into the game. They put a lot into that league, and they still don't get the respect that they deserve. Alvin, what are your thoughts about how the game has changed? And maybe a lot of people are not looking at the journey of a player, but just whether he has a championship or not. Yeah, no, that's facts. I mean, that's what it is when, you, when, you, when you're chasing greatness. And once again, the goalpost moves then because you can do everything. You can be the leading scorer in the NBA history. You can do all these things. And then they can say, I mean, championships you got. So they boil it down to championships. Once, the, once that piece started happening where guys started, teams start formulating with multiple superstars. But even back in the day when I was watching in the 80s, teams had 
three or four great players, right? You look at the Lakers, they had Magic Johnson, James Worthy, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Byron Scott. They they had, they had, it wasn't like the Celtics had Bird, Mikhail, Parrish, Danny Ainge. Uh, 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 they had, uh, who was the point guard? They had Tiny Ultra Boy at one point. They had Dennis Johnson at another point. They had great players, like, all across the board. Sixers had Bird, I mean, Doc, Moses, Mo Cheeks, Bobby Jones. Like, had great players. But the structure of the NBA where collective bargaining agreement put everything in place where salary cap and all these things, now you, it, it's more of control, like, how players. So now players are saying, all right, I get a shorter contract or I might take a two-year deal, play here, and then go somewhere else. Players got more control. So now people have frowned upon that. Anytime you start seeing players have more and more control with their careers and their decision-making and what they're going to do, then it's always going to be a problem with that because that's not what the norm has been. The norm was you're going to sign this long contract, you're going to play for this team until we want to get rid of you, and this is what it is. Players have more control of what their destiny is. So now it's like, all right, how are we going to judge them? How do we judge? Oh, they don't have championships. So now I'm going to move and go somewhere else. All right, now you're frying the pound that. Uh, you you running from it. From the outside, I think from anything, if you're a businessman, whatever you do, the journey has to be respected. The journey, If the journey is not respected, then nobody coming from behind there is ever going to understand the true meaning of success. I watched a story on him today. His journey, I never knew nothing about his upbringing, his childhood, everything. And he's like, God damn, like, damn, like for real. So if anybody ever say anything to me about anybody and him, anything, they can't because, you know, if until you know the journey, then you can't speak on the person. You can't speak on the man. Now, talk to me a little bit about some of the veterans that you had oh, right man. now when you were playing, you know, you're <laughs> on a team with Vince Carter and you're looking at T-Mac and you're playing with Antonio Davis and, mm-hmm. a, and an Oakley. Mm-hmm. What was life like then? for you having some of those guys alongside you? It was the best, man, because I grew up watching the Oaks, Muggsy Bogues, D. Brown. I remember being in 10th grade, going to Charlotte, driving with my pop to go see, and D. Brown won the dunk contest, 1990, right? Um, Del Curry. Del Curry being there, seeing Steph and Seth, like, playing them one-on-one, they little bit, like, 10, 11 years. All those guys, Kevin Willis. Um, and so many, Mark Jackson, came, a lot of people came through Toronto, whether it was the end of their career, shortstop, whatever. I had so many vets. So they would grind us up. I watched Charles. We used to, back then, we used to, I don't know if y'all do three-man weaves no more. We used to do a three-man weave, five-man weave. We used to go up all the way up to eight, come down. And I remember Charles Oakley used to make Tracy go again, go again. You young, you can go again. Like, do it, do, do it again. But you know what Oak would do? We didn't have team meals back then. Oak would bring a big thing of tuna fish, make tuna fish, make his lunch, invite us over to his house after that, out, go to the club, whatever. Oak had everything. They, the, the veterans, they held us accountable to everything, every single thing, but they had their, they had our backs no matter what. Like he would grind, Oak would grind Vince up in the media publicly, but then take Vince. Come on, man, ain't nothing going to happen to you. They try to foul Vince hard. Oak sitting them wait for him out the locker, whatever it is. So Vince knew. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, he's on my side. He's holding me accountable. So our team, we used to have team meetings like that, and they all, these guys played, when we were playing, they played 15 years in the league already, but they were still, they practiced every day. They worked out every day. They lift everything that we did, they did, right? They didn't sit no practices out. They did everything. So we have very, very good examples. Show us how to dress. We want to go get suits. Yeah, go get some suits. We'll buy you some suits. Let's go out to dinner after that team dinner. Like all of those things that, that helped our team. You were talking about our team off air before. That's why that one year we had that was pretty good, that came from that, that buildup. Right. That. So they did it. Was, it was awesome playing with all of those vets. And I asked that question because of what you said about Thaddeus Young, right? Yeah, so, facts. All I was saying is that I think it's a, it's pretty important to have some good veterans around you. And with that being said, you know, John Morant came back into the lineup, right? And he's out there. He's balling again. But that whole situation, right? I wanted to know what your thoughts about that were, are, Chris, because I know you and you've joked around before on other podcasts saying, you know, stay out the streets, just kind of be quiet and to yourself. But when you heard about that situation, I'll come to you after, Alvin, but what was going through your head when you when you saw that? I mean, it's an unfortunate, an unfortunate um, you know, video. Obviously, that video went wild. And, I mean, we don't know what he's dealing with deep down. You know, obviously, from I could be here and be like, what was he doing? What was he thinking? But you don't know, obviously. like, And, like, I'm the last person that's going to be like, hey, um, life is, you know, life is what you see. Like it's some for some people, what we see is not even close to what they're dealing with. So like, I don't know what he was dealing with. Obviously, clearly he knows he could have done better. He, I'm sure that whatever apology and whatever he did, I mean, he clearly saw that you know it wasn't right. People are looking into him, whatever. So I'm not even gonna go deep to that. I'll say that it would have been back in the days, probably knowing that time when I talked to guys like that and whatever, that probably would have never happened. You know what I'm saying? Like with a guy like. Oaks on the team, you're not gonna do that, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, it's something like I said, the veteranship. Like Tad got lucky that he got good vets and he kept that culture and brought it. But it's not all the vets that does that. Some people are just okay. I'm on my way to out the league. I'm gonna try to chase those last two contracts, and that's it. I don't care what you are or what you do or what you need to learn. Tad is not one of those guys. You know what I'm saying? And that's the good thing about it is that you see some guys are. Their heart is pure, and everything they learn about the game is pure, and they want to teach this to other people. And there's other guys that are just on the way out, and they don't care no more. And that's the difference. And obviously, during that time, I'm sure, because every story I hear about back in the days, yes, it was rough. Yes, it was physical. Yes, you couldn't mess around that much. But the love and the family the family energy was always there. If he was my teammate, I got you. No matter I might you might not like the way I'm going at your practice and how I'm or physical with you, whatever, but after when it's all over, I got your back. And I feel like that is something that's kind of lost in the league now. 
So yeah, I mean, I I completely agree with you you there, right? Like, we don't know what this guy is dealing with, and we don't want to make excuses for him. But at the end of the day, that's just the reality, right? And Alvin, like we mentioned, you've been there, you've done it, right? Um, what is your opinion on it when it comes to making good decisions? He's still a pretty young guy in this league, right? But w what's your take on it? No, it was just like Chris said. He made a decision. He's making decisions. But you saw, you start seeing things trending, right? Like things happening. And the crazy thing is, is how the media and how everything is put out after, after one, after another, after another, and it builds up a story, right? These are things that's there that if I'm somebody, if I'm in a circle, if I'm Adam, I'm looking at certain things like, dog, let's, let's rap for a minute. Like, I'm concerned about some of these things because at the end of the day, this is real life situations. Like if you see somebody with a gun, you see somebody acquisitions of a gun and this, this, or people we hanging with, because at the end of the day, if you hang around some real dudes that's in those situations, ain't nothing going to happen to him. Something to happen to one of those people and he's going to get tied to it. Then you're costing yourself potential freedom, going to court, making statements, taking a stamp, just putting in the light of something that's real serious that he, he don't need to be in them situations. Bail money, spending money, your face, everything. You got to realize you part of the, you like our face of the NBA. So somebody definitely needs a veteran needs to grab and make them understand that it's hard for a young person to understand all that. Like it's hard for a young person to understand their actions affect a lot of people around them until you get your back against the wall. He got a smack on the wrist. So now hopefully he'll be like, all right, he can get scared straight. I, I've been in situations. I came from a two family household. Mom, pop, the one thing my pop gave me, man, just awareness. I taught, he taught me how to be aware in a lot of different situations, right? I went to private school. I ain't grow up in, in Philly, the quote, unquote, the hood, but I was privy to all of that. Like every single thing, any environment I could adapt to, any environment I could observe and get up out of there. And I start realizing as I got older, my actions are affecting everybody around me. And one, th one time I did get in some trouble and I saw the way my mom was crying. I say, no, 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 this ain't this ain't the life. And I've seen friends around it that's been in them situations. So somebody like me that was well off and doing things but still making dumb decisions or capable of making dumb decisions that could cost my life or cost my family heartache. So he just he just has to get set straight. But hopefully it's somebody in his circle that'll keep him tightened up. He just got buttoned up. He got buttoned up and he's young. He's 23, man. This man's 23 with all the money in the world, all the recognition, crazy game. Like, he got a lot. So it's how he's going to handle it. And it's not easy, man. It's not easy for these young athletes, these young men, to handle the things that if we were in them positions, we would do the exact same. Maybe not everything, but we would have the same struggles because it's new to us, man. We can't frown upon these young men and 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 look and judge them for their mistakes that we just can't do it because we always in the positions i mean this world is really good at making you feel unstoppable too i mean when you're on top you're on top you feel like you can do whatever and i'll say like one thing that i realized about Jaws situation is how many incidents happened that we didn't hear about until that came out until the video came out so basically the first time the whatever first thing happened not, we didn't hear about it so he got he got away from it Another thing happened, we didn't hear about it. So if you do four or five things and nothing comes out, you feel at the point where I could do whatever I want. And then that video was that one strike that couldn't go further. And then after that, what? Well, guess what? That video, okay, he was wrong for that. You know what I'm saying? But the other five other things, 
Now we're all, is it true? Is it not true? And where's that coming from? Because we didn't hear about it until that. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing is that, I mean, he's probably been dealing with stuff for a long time as like a player going needed help, asking for help. You know what I'm saying? Like some people don't know how to ask for help, but you could tell that they need help, right? Mm -hmm. And then we would have never knew that Ja was dealing with anything. Like he went to therapy and all that, right? Yeah. Okay, so we would have never knew about that and see if he didn't do that video. You know what I'm saying? And like, that's the kind of ways that you could see that people are dealing with stuff that you don't know. Until until they make it, they tell you or you see it, you'll never know. And we're quick to judge. We're quick to say, hey, he should have never died. He got all the money in the world. Okay, well, money don't save everything out there right now. Like, money will will help you on a lot of stuff. But, like, mentally, if you're, if you're crushed mentally, your bank account could look nice. But if you're not happy when you wake up, there's a lot of stuff that you could do. There's a lot of stuff, thinks, thoughts that you could think about that are not even close to what you should be doing. And that's going to mess up your money. No, and, and that's a fact, man, because there's a lot of players that go through so much. And it, that's what I talk about the media. Like, that, if we if we really tapping into mental health, that ain't supposed to be highlighted. I don't need to wake up every day seeing my name in a negative light if I'm going through something mentally, like really going through something mentally. And people in there debating about it, what should happen. Oh, he shouldn't play again. They should spend him 50 games. Or he's stupid. What's up with his pop? My family, he got a little, like, you bringing all these things. This is real life. Like, this is a real situation. So, I let you know through the NBA, through the media, everything. And what, he was, was spending eight games or something like that? Yeah. yeah. I got mental health. I got issues, man. No, that ain't going, that ain't, that ain't going to work. That ain't going to work. I need a reoccurring therapy. I remember I had all of my, the most times I was most upset and, and going through things. I had the most money I've ever had in my life. And I was the most upset. First time ever I was not sure about something. Career, finish my, my knee, everything. I'm at home struggling. Everything, basketball was everything. It, it made sure I went to sleep. It made sure I got up. It made sure I ate the right way. It made sure I interacted with certain, without basketball, I was like, damn, what the, I'm going to do it. I'm going close to a divorce, kid, everything, all at one time. And I couldn't turn to nobody. Because nobody, everybody think, oh, you got money straight. Nobody can see it, right? I mean, you can see it, but you ignore it because you got money. He chilling. He living in life. He doing all that stuff, man. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like, man, like nobody really knows. And then you think about, like, do you really care? You highlighting, you highlighting my troubles. I mean, you highlighting my struggles. Just make sure you, do, you get my that's power, my parlay point. right. Yeah, that's an interesting <laughs> yep. point. Yep. Now that you bring that up, I do want to ask you, Chris, now, because you know he brings it up that when you're in the NBA, you make some some good money and everybody looks at you and thinks life is just completely wonderful in every single way. How is life before making, signing those contracts, right? You have a certain vision of what you think life is going to be like when you start to get some money, right? What is it like thinking about it compared to what it is in reality? I mean, I won't lie to you. I wasn't. I never was chasing the money at first. Like, I never was like, okay, I'm gonna con do a contract. I was just trying to make a better situation for myself. You know that that's that. Like, we watch video. I see we were watching video from when I was playing in prep school and whatever. And I look clueless. Like, I I look like I'm just happy to be here. You know, I don't look like I'm chasing anything. I don't. I don't even talk to the refs. You know, I hard foul. I don't even know what's going on. Like, <laughs> I'm just happy I'm on the floor. You get what I'm saying? So. That's probably saved me and made me like the player that I am now because like for the longest time I was just playing the game and be happy that I'm playing. Now obviously now I understand the like game a lot more. I've kind of like 
felt like I kind of do have a little bit more respect to certain stuff and all that. So obviously my mind's a little different, but like when I see myself back in the days, this that kid was not, that's not money. He's not chasing money. He's just happy with, with, it, with the life he's living. And that's something that I, I try to keep as much as I can. Cause obviously like my whole career, it's not like I knew I was going to make so much money. I didn't even know I was going to make it to the NBA until late. So, and then after that, you hear contract and all that. I'm still chasing to be on a team. You know, like, I'm not, like at first, you just want to be on a team. You don't even think you're going to make five, ten millions. You know what I'm saying? So, for me, that was the easiest part is that I was always in that category of just being happy to be in the game, just be happy to play basketball and be recognized for what I do. How was it for you, Alvin? Like, com um, thinking about making that money compared to, all right, reality, it's here. What yeah. was I was the same, man. I grew up, you know, a couple old school names, Rashid Wallace, Katino Mobley. They, these are guys that really, and it was other players, my roommate Jason Lawson, but you had Aaron McKee, you had Big Mark. You had a lot of, in Philly at that time, there's a lot of guys around the same age bracket that end up going to the pros. But Kat and she were two of the guys that, and Jay, were two of the guys, three of the guys that we would spend a lot of time together and never talked about money at all. She was a, a lock to go to the NBA, right? He was a lock. She never talked about bread. And she ain't had a, the best living situation. She ain't have everything. Like he was, was humble beginnings. Never once, never once. Cat saying, never once. Myself, we never talked about money. We never talked about even the NBA. We just go out there, have fun, play ball. Let's get together. This is how we're going to do it. And then, you you know, of course, the business comes. And a lot of times it's not you. It's the people around you. The people around you start changing. The people around you start having expectations. The people around you want to do more. The people around you want to earn a value and all that just to hope to get something. So a lot of times you hear, oh, did you change how you look at it? It's not you, right? You have to change because your environment is changing. You don't want to stay the same. But a lot of times, unfortunately, it's the people that you trusted, you love, they change, right? And how they, how other people, strangers approach you because you are. It's times you walk down the street, nobody would say two words to you. If he didn't play ball, they'd be like, "Damn, that tall dude right there, damn, he should have played. He played wasted time." Like now, oh, he does play. Oh, that it. So that's the difference of how people perceive you and approach you and all that because they know what you got. So it's how you manage that, and it's hard. It's hard. And that's what's crazy is because, like, like, I've always been somebody, like, that doesn't talk much. If I don't know you, I don't I don't talk much, right? So now if I, I'm in a public place and I don't talk, it's like, oh, well, he's a he's an asshole. He's a dick or whatever. I've been like that my whole life, right? So now it's because they kind of, they changing the world or how you should be because they feel like that's how they would be if they were you. And that's that's the issue now. It's because now I have to act like you guys want me to act. So I'm accepted to wherever I am. You know what I'm saying? And now I'm labeled for everything. Oh, he got money. He got all the girls. He got money. He could do this. He could do that. He can't be happy. He can't be this. And now you're you're at a point where, okay, well, basically I'm what you want me to be. Now I have to be what you want me to be. If I don't say hi to you right now, it's because I'm a dick. No, but guess what? I, if I wasn't playing basketball, you wouldn't want to say hi to me either. It's because of who I am now. Okay, right. that's cool. But at the end of the day, if I'm going through something, I am still living my life. And I'm not going to be, because I'm Chris Boucher today, going to act differently of what I would have acted any other day in my life. And that's the situation that we deal with right now. It's just people don't want to put you in trouble. People are just 
people want you to do what they want they see you for and that's the issue and the betting is not gonna make it better now with the parlays and all that clearly i'm <laughs> man i'm so over this man people are literally yeah i got called somebody said i chose i chose the wrong slave today literally sent me that message i had to read it i couldn't believe it Fuck. yeah he said i chose the wrong slave because i had only five points and he needed me to score 10. that's yeah so it's it's at this point now and now guess what the players now they don't really mess with fan as much like we got we lucky we're in toronto and we got best fans but i'm saying like imagine if you get messages like this now you don't really want to you don't know what that person's talking to you you know i need you to score 10 today do i really want to talk to you now because if i score eight you know blame you don't know, flame my my twitter my instagram and everything so and that's the difference you talking about generations man when you talk about a lot of older generations my generation and before made it come down on your generation but we have no idea about what you guys go through from the platforms you guys have, the social media, the access people can get to you and say certain things. Like, couldn't do that to us. Like, we could do whatever. We, like, the job, like we said, that would have never happened. They would never got soined. They would never got seen. People did some heinous things back then. Like, I remember, I never forget the story. They talk about Charles Brock. He grabbed somebody, threw somebody through a bar window. Like, like a lot of things, man. Like, like a lot of things, but never got publicized. So you can live your life. You can go do something crazy the night before and go out the next day and not have to worry about it. They can't do that. So that 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 type of pressure, that's a different type of pressure where people know and people know who you are. They know what you did. They they can get they can get a hold of you, especially in their position. So I, I do not envy today's generation from that standpoint at all, man. That's tough. Yeah, and it's it's crazy because Chris says, Chris told me something a few years ago. I don't think we ever said it before, but it's pretty crazy because we talk about players, right? And we talk about some of them coming out like Kevin Love and DeMar talking about mental health. And, you know, Chris said something to me one time, and maybe you weren't playing well or something and people are right and stuff. And he said, I can see why somebody would want to kill themselves over social media. Especially if like, you need they, they can they can get that bad. You know what I mean? Or, sorry, what were you going to say? Chris? I mean, especially if you, if you feed off of it. Like, a lot of us do it for different stuff. A lot of us do it for the fame. That was a completed reason. If you're doing it for money and you're trying to feed your family and try to get, you know, get an, an empire, whatever, okay, that's the reason. Some people do it for the fame. Some people just want to be, they want to be talked about. They need it every day. And if you get to that point where you're stuck and you get caught in that moment, when you're up, it's amazing. You can scroll on Twitter and see everything they say about you, how nice you are. But when it's bad, it's bad. And they're going to go at a point where, like, it might be people you know. And guess what? Now when you see them, you might do something you would never do you know what i'm saying like or say something you would never do and put yourself in a position where you should have never been in and that's the thing is that i could see why somebody could literally lose their mind and it affects their basketball now because they like people are saying i'm not shooting the ball well so i'm gonna go in the game and take five bad shots now you're not playing now you're all messed up in your head why am i not playing well guess what you're on twitter reading what they're saying but you're not doing the right thing now you're not playing now you're gonna be out the league now you're not playing no more now you're like, why am I not playing? You're still on Twitter saying, watching people saying why you're not in league and how trash you are. It gets to you. It gets to you. Now it's what? You're going to delete all your social and all that. Now you're losing your life, the life that you'd be living. And everything changed. 
So I could see how somebody could lose their mind over this, clearly. If you don't have the right people around you, and if you don't have the right motive and the right intention on everything you do, you could lose that easily. So how how do you how do you cope with that? How do you how do you combat that? Like, is it just the world you live in, or like how like what what would what's, what what do you suggest a young person do? Because that's that's their world, right? I mean, you got. There's so many great things about the game and about being in the NBA that you could literally, you know, obviously you want to go out sometimes, you want the attention sometimes. But I think one thing that um, I've done a good job with is like knowing what makes me happy. And those are not the things that make me happy. Obviously, it's there and it's cool. But like, I'm a video game guy. Playing video game is the same thing as somebody standing on Twitter and I'm nice. I'm having the same fun. So I re I relate to those things so it saves me from you know, wanting to be in the talks and wanting somebody to want to make Chris Boucher like a all star, or whatever. At this point, I'm realistic with myself. I know what I've done. I know where I'm at. I know what I could do and what I can't do. And whatever is in between, I try to have fun with it so it doesn't get to a point where I'm searching and trying to do more than what I am or what I like. Yeah, it's funny. I asked that because I got I got a 17 year old daughter, and she's starting to get on the social media side. But I come from a place where I'm like, man, you tripping. Don't worry about that. But I can't disregard that because yeah. it's serious. Like you're gen like that's this is way how y'all communicate. Sometimes it's validation. You gotta check yourself as a parent. Like if you're doing the right things to help them gain confidence, especially as a young black girl. And you know, what I mean, just like a lot of things, but I can't disregard something that I don't know nothing about. So just because I don't know nothing about the social media pressure pressures and all that. I can't just be like, I don't feel good. Just be like, man, I don't trip on that. They, they just, you know, they don't matter or whatever the case, especially if she tying into it. So that's why I asked, like, I'm about to just take the phone and just heave that bitch and just, she can't have it no more. <laughs> no, nah, I hear you. That man. ain't going to work I either, huh? No, it's but, a serious topic, man. And I nah, appreciate you guys opening up, talking about it, you know. And before we get out of here, um, Alvin, I'm going to go to you as our special guest. Like, what is a piece of, give me the best advice you've ever received from someone? Like something you can remember off Come the on, top. man. I hate these questions, man. I ain't got no best. The best advice, man. I mean, I, you know I'm 48. Mm-hmm. I didn't got so much. a whole lot of advice right there. Mm -hmm. I got so much advice, man. I didn't, I didn't got everybody to come to your birthday party is not a well-wisher. They just want a piece of the cake. Oh, yeah. Like know your one. dangers. Know your dangers was one. And, you know, know your that. Know dangers. It's kind of like. Have an understanding of what's in front of you before you jump into it. Like, if you if you the type of person that like to go to the club and drink and do, make sure you know what you're getting yourself into before you do. Think about it. What happens after that or stuff? Just anything like that. If you the type of person that whatever, know your dangers. Know know what are things that can get you into a position where you're not built for or you don't want to be in that situation. But like I said, my mom and pop. A bunch of sayings and just, but I don't have like one thing. It's a lot of advice, man. I've been around some very, very good people from my agents, my financial advisor, my parents, old heads around and like a lot of things. But the best advice pretty much came from my mom and pop and just people that the older people been in my life that's that's had structure and they had a lot of experience. But I can't give you the the best the one advice. I can't. Well said, well said, Chris. You want to wrap this thing up? Yeah, I'd say stay in your lane. That's one thing that um, I've realized that helps you a lot. Um, you know, people are 
people talk about a lot of stuff. People are dealing with a lot of stuff. But sometimes it's just better to stay in your lane and not try to cross and go with. Because, I mean, obviously, we don't know everything. You don't know. We don't know how to help everybody. We don't know. Like, like for me, for example, like, I've seen so many people deal with some stuff that I, if I was in that position, I'd be like, it's nothing. But they don't deal the same way with it. They don't see it the same way with it. And I might be like, what are you doing? You shouldn't be caring about this. But it's not my place. You know what I'm saying? So walk your walk. your walk. If they need you, like I said, I'm the, I'm the best at this. Like, if you want to talk about life and stuff, I'll sit down and talk with you. But I won't walk to you and say, hey, do you want to talk about it? You, you know what I'm saying? Like, I I kind of walk my lane. I have my people. I literally stay, stay, the, stay the path. And whatever happens after that, I think that, especially when you're young, a lot of adversity, a lot of distraction are coming and all that. And that's that's when you got to walk the, 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 a straight line as most as you can because they're going to try to make you turn around and think that you could go faster somewhere. And it never works. That shortcut is not the best way. <laughs> what is it? High, uh, highway? What is it? There's something about like fast life, fast death, or something like that. Some, yeah, that if you that, live in a highway, you die quicker. That that that, that makes sense, right? Without no seatbelt, I, I get it. <laughs> nah, I, I but you're one thing too, man. You say, stay in your lane, but it's like what I would tell young people now. I was coaching a high school team. They, I mean, I want to go to college. I want to do. They enjoy the moment, like enjoy like now. I remember when I played. Every game I went to, I never really enjoyed. Like, I, I loved playing, getting it. But when I got to the NBA, it became like just a job. Right? This is something I'm doing. And it wasn't until I finished playing and I came back as a coach for the Raptors. I remember working, I think, DeMar. I was working DeMar out and Sonny Weems. The first time I smelled the popcorn in the arena. First time I've seen people line up outside to come see. Like I'm like, damn, that I was a part of that at one point. And I never really got a chance to enjoy it. And I always was like, damn, if I had one more time to like feel that feeling. But if I gave myself the grace to say, you know what I mean, I'm not worrying about the playing time, I'm not worrying about the check, I'm not worrying about what the media is, I'm not worrying about and just enjoy the moment, that was something that would help me out a lot. And I think I would have been much happier when I finished playing, right? And I wasn't still chasing. So just enjoy the moment, but with your eyes on the future, but you gotta enjoy the day. Like you gotta enjoy that moment because it's, it's a special moment that these young, guys, these young um, men are in, involved with. Wise words of wisdom from one Chris Boucher and Alvin Williams. Gentlemen, I appreciate the both of you. And thank no, you for, thanks for having me. For sure. Right? for sure. I am Mike Roach. This is Hustle Play, Yahoo Sports Canada. Like, subscribe, share, rate, comment, everything Hustle, Hustle Play on Yahoo Sports. And guess what, guys? We're out. Thank you, CP. <laughs> thanks, man. Alvin. Thanks a lot. Much love, brother. No doubt. Here's Boucher. The three got it from Montreal. His name is Chris.